I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And and Vince is yelling at me, God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. Let's start with the greatest New Jack memory of all time since New Jack has left us today. This is him with Bob Caudill, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Here we go. The new tag team on the block of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Impressive they are, the gangsters. New Jack, let me tell you something. 30 years ago, we would have been strung up in somebody's tree, getting hung for beating two white boys the way we just did. But now, you might want to come out here and put some belts on us, but the only belts we're going to be wearing around here is the tag team belt. Let me tell you something. I don't like being up here. I was getting out of my car. I slipped and fell. It's the tobacco spit. You know what I'm saying? Nothing but rednecks up here. Nothing but geeks up here. Nothing but coal miners up here. Chicken farmers. Clansmen. I don't like nobody. Now, remember the guy who's holding the microphone, Bob Cotto, uh, was working not at this time, but for most of his life with Jesse Helms. <laughs> he... <laughs> I had this I had this round and round with him because I, I David Bixenspan was like, oh, you know, Bob Cottle was, you know, he was and I'm not defending the policies of Jesse Helms because they were homophobic and racist and awful and you're seeing a great <laughs> a perpetuation bit. yeah you're, you're seeing a great perpetuation of them today yeah, um, i would never defend that perpetuation yes bob Cottle's contribution to jesse helms entire political career was that he ran the raleigh office so that some little old lady was not getting her social security check he would look into that pass it on and try to make sure that she got her social security check if some veteran had some question about his his uh, va benefits that was Bob Caudill. He was not out there. You know, I, I don't know personally if Bob Caudill hated homosexuals or black people or whatever. I don't know any of that, but his contribution was not to the awful stuff that Jesse was doing. So you, you can't blame that stuff. Jesse, uh, Bob Caudill was basically trying to get little old ladies their checks and to make sure that people, you know, were, were trying to bitch about a freeway being built through their backyard. Shit like that. That's what, yeah, that's he was what Bob Caudill was doing. He was cool, sort of like a human resources people for the people. That's right. That, people, that's what know. Bob Cotto was truly doing. But he's holding the microphone while this man is saying yes. all manner of awful things against rednecks, which was the major constituency, of course, of Senator Jesse Holmes. Yeah, well, you could say that. You go out on a limb. I don't care who you line up in front of me. I'm going to show you how bad New Jack and Mustafa is. You want to talk about Pushing by the figure four. Violence to me is taking a can of gas and pouring it on you and setting you on fire. Like me or not, I didn't come up here to be like. I came up here to get paid. And whoever you put in front of me, I'm going to drop you down. I'd like to send a special shout out to my homeboy, OJ Simpson. Keep up the good work, baby. Two less. We got to worry about. You understand? Keep up the good work. Louis Farrakhan. 
Didn't break stride in one second, did he? All right, fans. Some, uh, some really angry black folks right there. Let's go to the ring. <laughs> All right, fans. This guy would murder me in a heartbeat, string me up, and eat my entrails. Let's go to the ring, fans. <laughs> Paul Roma in the ring, fans. You know, you've heard the stories that uh Cornette basically said go out there and piss white people off that's essentially <laughs> yeah. what he what they what he said and there was some tremendous racism involved with Smoky Mountain wrestling you know they would have those there was that angle that Tracy Smothers did with the Confederate flag and some guys some fans from the clan took him to the side and said well uh, don't worry if you guys lose tonight we'll take care of it we're going to take it and Tracy's like no 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 it's okay it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm good I don't know if I don't know if he um, I don't know if Cornette decided hey we should rebook that a little bit but just based on the fact that maybe maybe we maybe we'll let the white guys go over tonight uh, just for fun just for our own safety just for the heck of it yeah I haven't read but I'm assuming that New Jack died in Greensboro because that's where he was he living is that what yeah. it was yeah. yeah I don't know exactly where but it said it was he said died in his hometown is what I read. Yeah, he was because uh, I had sent him a tweet like a couple of months ago, and I said, "How the hell did you end up in Greensboro?" Because I'm from Greensboro, which I never, you know, th- I don't know if that was like well publicized for a long time. I don't think it um, was, man. I guess I can tell the story now that he's dead and Bruce is retired. Of course, Bruce, Bruce Mitchell made no story of being, you know, he was a, a teacher for the Guilford County Schools, and they had, you know, meet the teachers night at the beginning of one of the school years, like a year or two ago. There's fucking Jerome. Jerome's in the school cafeteria eating a pudding or, or some Jello or something, and, and Bruce double takes and what? No, There's, no, that's really him. And he's like, yeah, that's him. And he's got those railroad tracks across his forehead, and yeah, they're, they're, that's Jerome. And so he's dead at the age of uh, fifty-eight. I I don't. I, it's hard to think of a you know a a great. New Jack memory. Certainly he was one of the guys that frightened me a lot back in the nineties and ECW for sure. That was the first time I would have seen him. Yeah. 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 On, yeah uh, it, it, he's one, he's one of those guys that I would have a hard time. Kind of like Pillman really in, in the sense of, and I, I and I like new Jack a lot, man. I, I, I kind of got into his game a little late, but once I did, I went back and watched some of his old stuff and Oh my gosh, man. I mean, yeah, but it, but before I really got into him and stuff and just saw him for the first time, I'm like, dude, is this dude? He convinced me he was he was it was a complete shoot, you know. Well, there, yeah, there was none of, there was none of that stuff when he's going around the ring and they're playing that Natural Born Killer song or whatever. Yeah. You didn't go, oh, this, this is fake. Oh, this is this isn't real. You never you never for one second, and that, and and that's the other thing. Paul Lee booked him perfectly. I mean, he wasn't there to have a match. It was over five seconds long. He was just there to go in there with the cheese grater and, and you know kill people and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. and, but and then, but uh, can I? Can you tell me this? Don't you think yeah. Mustafa? It, I, I like Mustafa, but especially in Smoky Mountain, may, maybe ACW. But I, I'm, I'm thinking more of Smoky Mountain. Don't you think he? He was kind of goofy sometimes. I mean, I, maybe he was supposed to be. I don't know. But he, I didn't take him as serious, man. 
I mean, I know he did some crazy stuff, but I took him as more of a a goofy, like a Otis kind of character, you know? Otis or Eugene or something like that. Yeah. He didn't come anywhere as being as as convincingly serious as, as New Jack to me. Well, you saw the you saw the dark side of the ring. The guy was smoking pencil shavings. Yes, he was literally. Yes. He was what like, that say? He was literally trying to convince the boys that this is gonna this will get you higher than any any pod or anything that you're doing. Just smoke these pencil shavings. That's what he was uh, doing. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it makes my argument that much better. You say it. Yeah, I mean, he, he was nuts. He was out of. They were. They were legitimately saying it wasn't an act with that guy. That guy was completely and totally out of his mind. There was no question about it. And it was. It was a very weird act, and I mean, it's the fact that it comes to fruition and Smokey makes it like that much more. It, it makes total sense because, in in a sense, you know, that was to me that that was more or less like Cornette's. Memphis influence there. Like, I'm going to take these two guys, and maybe they couldn't main event anywhere else, but I'm going to throw them out there, have them do this thing, and it's going to get over. And it totally did, but then they ended up fucking him when they were going to ECW and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, all, of, all of that stuff happened. You know, I, I did like the whole angle. Uh, you probably remember when uh, when Mustafa, well, he, you know, he left and then came back to ECW. Right. And when he came back and he, they were, he was feuding, they were, New Jack was feuding with like the Dudleys. Right, and Mustafa came back, and then in, in, in the match, he teamed with you know, teamed with New Jack against the Dudleys, and ended up turning on New Jack, and they had a thing going there for a while. He, uh, New Jack and Mustafa did so. That, I, I kind of like that, even though he still was kind of you know kind of goofy acting, but not. I don't think he was as bad in ECW as he was in in Smoky Mountain. But yeah, New Jack. And I'll tell you another thing too, man. And, and and I think you were there that year. I don't think this was the year you couldn't go, but I was going on and on at WrestleCade about, I want to go meet freaking New Jack. And he's sitting right over there. Nobody's around him or anything, but I was so, right. I, yeah, I was so intimidated. Even then, even <laughs> what I knew, you know, I was like, I, God, I was still intimidated to go up there, but damn it. I'm like, and I'm, I said, next time I see him, I'm, I'm going to get my picture made or whatever. And, but damn, you know, Oh, you're well. such a you're such a mark. I'm fucking. A, I know I'm you're a mark. Such I'll be a the mark. first to tell you I'm a mark. I'm not going to argue. You that. screwed up your courage, and you you went to go see uh you went to go see uh, Abdullah the Butcher. There we go. There's a there's a good picture of Mustafa. There's a nice Look picture of uh, Mustafa. Now, see, like that's I'm, a great picture. If you didn't know really all is. the goofiness, man, that he looks you know badass right there. See the dark the dark side of the ring with New Jack was perfect because his entire life was dark. I mean, his childhood. The entire pro stuff. I don't know. I don't know if he ever legitimately went to prison. Nobody ever really knew any of that part of his life or anything like that. But he was definitely, you know, all, all of his whole his whole act, everything he ever did was completely dark. It was completely dark side of the ring for sure. Yeah, even you know, starting when he was a little kid and the whole his dad shooting his mom when he was his mom right. was carrying him out the door trying to leave him, leave her right. dad, leave his dad. Uh, yeah, all, and it, all just of it was insane from there, and just got kind of worse, really. And then he, yeah, he just turned that into a, a living for a while. Basically, I know. yeah, yeah, it was a shoot. And beyond the mat, I mean, he was trying to. So, I think Barry Blaustein was trying to get him some interviews and stuff with, like, to be an actor with some talent agencies and stuff to try to do that. And uh, it just never panned out. I, I don't know how you kind of translate that act into movies, but maybe you do because you know. He's he's a method actor. He's not going to be like <laughs> I can't he's imagine. Like a, you know, he's kind of like a, a Mr. T two Yeah, you know, he, he's Mr. T that 
You know, I, I, I would fuck with Mr. T before I'd fuck with New Jack, you know? Yeah. If Tiny Lister was real, if you if you really thought Tiny Lister was going to kick your ass, that, that would be New Jack. But you can't see him, like, being in a buddy cop movie with, you know, Kevin Hart, and then all of a sudden no. they're cracking up like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah that's, that's shark jumping, man. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. But they, you know, everybody, it seemed like it was ever in ECW had a crazy New Jack story. I know when they did Dark Side, they're in Confidential. And they had Tommy Dreamer on there, and he's like, yeah, "Jack's a very humorous guy. Jack's a very funny guy, and Jack's a very nice guy. That's that's just really who he is." I but can he, see that. He just you talk about living the gimmick. You talk about protecting the gimmick. Undertaker had nothing on this guy. No shit. The guy he had nothing on this guy. So uh, yeah, it's it's a sad, it's sad to see him go at this point. But I I don't know if if. If you would have told me 10 years ago, if he would have made it to the age of 58, I don't know if I would have believed you, right? Well, you know, it's like I told somebody a little bit ago. It's like, I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked, you know? Right. How, how, can, how can anybody kind of be shocked, I guess, you know? Considering the lifestyle, making it to 58 right. or something. Right, right. TMZ right. But, you know, he didn't look bad. That's the thing, you know. No. Guys he that, you know, he didn't look like a strung out. Oh, you know, abused wrestler. You know, he he looked. You know, he of course he had the scars and that sort of thing on his face. Talking about the the rake across the his forehead kind of thing. But overall, he didn't look that bad. Last time I saw him, he looked bad at all. New Jack joins the list of all the greats who have died in North Carolina, including uh, Buffalo Bob from the Howdy Doody Show, Little Eva. <laughs> Wolfman Jack. I've got the full list. Andre the Giant did not die in North Carolina, but he was residing in North Carolina at the time of his death. Bob Denver also died in the state of North Carolina. Were you aware of this? Yes, in in, in uh, Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. That's correct. I was, that's where that's where he actually did die. There, I believe the Jack Johnson, the great heavyweight champion from the early 20th century, also met his fate in North Carolina. There, I, I used to keep the, the Willie Stargell. The Hall of Fame Pittsburgh Pirate died in Wilmington. I used to have the the great master list of all the greats who came to North Carolina to die. Oh, wow, that's a, that's an impressive list. And I'll tell you a weird connection. My you know my mom used to live in, in Galveston for thirty some years, and there's a um, there's a statue in downtown Galveston of, of Jack Johnson. No kidding. I, and I was think he there. was. I want to. I may have to look it up, but I think he was born there or something. But there was a reason. But I just thought that was weird, you know, the Jack Johnson here and Galveston connection. That was, there, that was should be, there should be a statue of Glenn Campbell in, in Galveston, or at least Jimmy Webb, one of those two. There's no shit, both of them, just kind of, you know, arm in arm. As we appeal to the Generation X demo that we covet, um, PW Insider is extremely sad to report that Jerome knew Jack Young passed away earlier this afternoon following a heart attack in North Carolina where he had lived in recent years. PW Insider was informed by Young's wife, Jennifer, of his passing. Young was 58 at the time of his passing. At times, Young was one of the most controversial wrestlers in professional wrestling, but he was one of the more intense and charismatic performers over the past several decades. The New Jack name was inspired by the film New Jack City. Once Young imagined fans chanting it while he was in the ring, originally it came true countless times. After breaking into the business in Georgia while mentored by the late Ray Candy, New Jack formed the gangsters with Mustafa for a run and smoke. Mountain that put the duo empowered by Jack's incredible edgy interviews on the map, leading the team headlining against everyone from the Rock and Roll Express to the Undertaker. After Smokey, the duo moved to extreme championship wrestling during the period of 1995. Jack and ECW were a perfect match as the product pushed everything as far as the envelope would allow at the time. 
providing Jack with the perfect backdrop to paint violent, bloody pictures as he and his partners brawled all over the buildings while Ice Cube and Dr. Dre's natural-born killers blasted over, creating a real-life movie fight scene like never before or since in pro wrestling. While Jack held the ECW World Tag Team Championship several times, he might be far better remembered for diving out of balconies to put hapless opponents through tables, sometimes that he devised as a way to make sure the audience's attention and their memories were about him, no matter whether he was booked to win or lose. Over time, his fearlessness at time doing the dives took its physical toll, especially after a planned fall at Living Dangerously 2000 went completely wrong. But any highlight reel of ECW would be incomplete without those insane moments. Young's life and career were chronicled during the second season of Dark Side of the Ring. also made a memorable appearance in the Barry Blaustein documentary Beyond the Mat in 1999, where Blaustein famously remarked that none of his other friends had justifiable homicides on their record. There will be a lot written about Jerome Young in the days to come, good and bad. This is Mike Johnson writing this at PWBenzer.com. But the reality was this. He loved to perform, and he loved to be New Jack in the public guy. He put himself through a lot of physical and no pain in order to live his life as New Jack, and once famously told our own Dave Shearer that he made the decision to do so and that he knew he was going what he was getting into and it would have no regrets because it was the decision he chose to make. PW Insider will have far more in the life and career of New Jack to come, but there is no denying his place in wrestling history. But he blazed a trail as a performer unlike anyone, and likely no one will ever follow. New Jack no longer with us at the age of four. You can't even really talk about New Jack without that mass transit incident, though, right? Right, coolest that mass tra- oh, that, that was, was crazy. that was insane, and that that kid getting sliced open, and uh, Jack having to go to court over that. He was uh, eventually acquitted, and then as Dark Side of the Ring uh, detailed in more recent years, he was down in Florida with a guy who would not sell for him, and he ended up stabbing the guy. Yeah, <laughs> stabbing him repeatedly with a knife. Yeah, who was that guy? Some little cocky dude. Some little asshole yeah. from uh, yeah, I can't remember. Was it was it Gypsy something or other? What Gypsy Joe was it? Uh, yeah, man, I couldn't begin to tell you. I, I just remember kind of what he looked like, and I remember, I remember kind of the look on New Jack's face when he wouldn't sell. Man, I'm like, oh shit, here so he, he gets on. He, he just stabs him, and there's videotape evidence from several angles, and all of a sudden he's got to go to jail. And then the guy wanted to make an angle out of it. They went throughout Florida, and 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 Jack's like, sure, get me out of here, and then he just took off. <laughs> So there we go. He took a real-life powder, man. Tonight on SmackDown, we have big news. It is a new women's tag team championship for Tamina and Natty. They are your new tag team champions, beating Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to win those titles on the Smacky Downey. Uh, that's, a, that's a big championship change on a pretty good SmackDown, which featured an interesting match. Uh, it was uh, Dolph Ziggler and Rey Mysterio with Mysterio beating uh, Dolph Ziggler ahead of that tag match on Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash. We'll get into that in a little bit. The main angle on the show involved uh, the Samoan bloodlust as Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso continue to fight over fealty to Roman Reigns. And it was Jimmy Uso who was in that main event against Cesaro. His cousin Roman Reigns interferes, screws the entire thing up. And then uh, Jimmy... Is in the ring. Uh, fa- he, he is failing to come to the defense of his brother Jay and Roman Reigns, and then gets a super kick for his troubles. That's how we went off the air with Roman Reigns retreating with his championship. It's going to be Roman Reigns and uh, Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash on Sunday. Any thoughts about the new women's tag team champions, Brian? 
Um, you know, I, I I'm glad. I guess I, I it's. I, I don't know. I, I'm not as excited as I maybe sh- should. I be more excited than I'm than I am. I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm happy for him. I guess I'm happy that Tamina finally got a belt. I guess, but it just seems like it's a. I felt sorry for you, tag team championship kind of thing. You know, right? Is that what it like? It's a it's a pity fuck or something like that. Is that what uh, you're yeah. That's yes, funny. yes, that's, yes. That's it funny. almost feels like the the whole. Mysterio thing that we'll get into later, I guess, uh, yeah. coming up. I don't know. What do you think? I, I was happy to see I, him. Yeah, I think him you're up. a bigger Natty fan than I am. I mean, I love Natty, but I think you're a bigger fan than I am. Well, I feel like they're they're kind of angling toward putting her in the Hall of Fame uh, at some point in time when she retires because she has done some great work. She has not been – you know, on top a whole lot, but she has been someone who has helped out that division a lot, and she has put over a lot of people and helped them on their way. So I feel like she's I, – I, I'm trying to compare her to another performer that they would have put in a similar situation in the Hall of Fame, but she's been – she's almost like a, a Christian Cage type of person, really. Yeah, somebody um, somebody who you've not been able to see their all of their work, but everybody pretty much respects them and everybody kind of – you know, everybody kind of agrees that they had a Hall of Fame career. Christian is going to go in the Hall of Fame surely at some point in time. Yeah, I, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but you know, in in, in defense of her, I, I will say this of Natty. I, I think she has been, and and this, of course, she's not the only one. But since we're talking about her, I think she's been kind of poorly booked over the years too. I'm not saying that she's got the most outgoing personality but she seems kind of she she's not i don't know to me she's almost that great on the mic she's almost too nice okay she's almost too nice yeah almost too nice for the business yeah yeah and um and i think that was she reminds me something when you said that she reminds me somebody else as far as talking on the mic and i can't think of who it is now but it's somebody very similar so i'm like she's too almost like she's too like I said, too nice for the business, and, and it kind of comes out when she's trying to be a heel on on interviews and stuff. But I, I think she she definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. I just I just wish that that they would have made a bigger deal out of her over the years instead of making her a heel. You know, kind of Mark Henry and and Big Show on her. You know, just she's a heel one week and a face the next. You know, she, she feels she's very never really she, got spinning wheels. She, she feels very much to me like a white meat baby face. She's not somebody who can really be easily put into a, yeah. a situation where she's a, a heel at all. Um, no. And I always say that when they had in the early days when they had a natural, um, they had a natural thing with her with Summer on um, on the Diva show. They never really paid that off like they should have. They had those guys, and I think that was part of the deal. Is that I think they were going to springboard off of that and make her into a bigger star on the Diva show, but it just never kind of panned out. But, you know, I, I think she was kind of at her best, really, for me in her career. Unless, you know, she's got time left. She could always turn it around and they could always try to push her. And I, I think the Hart Dynasty, when she first started, was probably the best stuff she's done, in my opinion. Yeah, that was started. good. I like that. And, of course, TJ, with that unfortunate accident that caused him to go into retirement from being in the ring and just being a trainer. Um, with the Samoa Joe, the muscle buster that went wrong. And so the, all, all that kind of was bad luck for her. But I, I I felt like when the Hart Dynasty really started out, they really could have had some legs there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and when you said that about TJ, it seems like that's kind of, 
I don't know. Now that you say that, it kind of it makes me think that that's kind of when she kind of went sideways herself, you know, the career. Because it, I think her and TJ would have been a great combo. Oh, I don't yeah. know if they would have been, you know, a superstar team or whatever. But as, as a duo, I think they would have worked out really well. TJ's fantastic. Because TJ had the personality to, to work the mic, you know, on interviews if they were together kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I, I think they would have worked. TJ's TJ's a really good worker. He would have worked with a lot of these guys. Like TJ against AJ Styles. Holy shit! How many times would I have watched that match? I could have watched oh that match God. fifty thousand times and never got bored with that. I mean, you could you could imagine uh, TJ against Cesaro would have been fantastic. They could have worked together Same forever. Thing. That the whole that whole situation, from what I understood, was that was just kind of a backstage cold match. Like, ah, you two guys, you're going to work together, and they didn't really plan it out. And then, um, you know, it was just it really isn't anybody's fault. It was just something that happened. And TJ yeah, suffered, yeah. you know, pretty serious accident that could have been very bad. Any other thoughts on what you saw tonight on SmackDown? Are you are you holding out some kind of hope for uh, Roman on on Sunday that Roman will lose that Universal Championship? <laughs> uh, as much as. As much as I'd like to see Cesaro win, I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it should, and and I'm not, I'm not expecting it to. But I, I I think something will happen. I think some other some storyline thing will happen in the in, in the match somehow with the Us with the Usos. Some you know an interference something. Jimmy against Jay at SummerSlam sounds pretty good though, right? Wow. See, I thought about that. Yeah, Jimmy against Jay that at SummerSlam. That does not sound bad. And that whole, I mean, it's it, the, the the whole Samoan thing going on right now is the best thing going on. That's the best storyline in WWE right now. Yeah. I mean, with yeah. all due respect to Alexa Bliss showing up on a swing and interrupting a match and freaking people out, which Dude. obviously is tremendously entertaining and is money in any territory in the world. God oh, Lord. <laughs> right? That is just... <laughs> God, man, I just can't believe they've let her devolve into this. It's painful. And there's like nothing. All she does is like show up and then people are wrestling and then they're not. They're looking, looking, they're like, ah, and they're just and supposed to be freaked dude, out. Oh, my God. And, and her and Bailey tonight on SmackDown with their fake ass, horrible laughs. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. You do, but you do really want to see Bianca Belair beat the shit out of Bailey on Sunday. So there is, there's something to that. I'll, I'll give you that. You do, I mean, that that's almost white heat, but it's almost like, yeah, I, I, I would like to see Bianca just absolutely tear the shit out of this woman on, uh, on WrestleMania backlash because it's no longer called backlash. That's right, right. You gotta, gotta market that bitch. And I was, and I was thinking tonight again, there's, speaking of people I don't give a shit about, Baron Corbin. I know, I, man. Barry Corbin has nothing. There's just nothing there. There's nothing there's there at all. Looking the fucking King of the Ring bullshit, man. That's, we're getting into Roman Reigns territory from four years ago. Like, if I ever see anybody with a Baron Corbin T-shirt on, I would, <laughs> I would be. The, who the hell is wasting? That's like the worst. Thing. That's like a gag gift, right? Seriously, man. I mean, that's like a Baron Corbin shirt is like this kind of shirt you find at like TJ Maxx at like. <laughs> In the bargain, you know, bin, the two dollars. Yeah, bin. and like at like ten o'clock at night on a Saturday, when you know everybody and their brothers already you know rummaged through everything, and that's what's fucking left. Let me let me let me let me tell you the t-shirts I would want before I'd want a Baron Corbin shirt. I'd want a Reginald shirt <laughs> before I'd get one of those. A Reginald shirt. <laughs> uh, 
I would want that that stupid general guy that's with Apollo Crews. I'd want one of his shirts before I would. General <laughs> Commander, it has his whatever, name. Whatever that idiot's name is, that, that I would want one of his shirts before I would want that. Uh, Commander Sergeant, of, I think that's what his name is. Commander Sergeant, I would I would want that guy. Um, I I probably would want. Oh, who's the stupid ass that you hate? That uh, the guy that used to be the punter for the Colts. Oh, McAfee. I'd want a Pat McAfee shirt yeah. before I. Dude, get he it. had an awful night tonight. Uh, he he really a- did. He really, and he, honestly, I'm I'm warming up to the guy because he's. But I mean, it's, it's, me too. But tonight was just not his night. He'll never be as bad as Excalibur. He'll never be as annoying as Excalibur. He'll never be as awful as Excalibur. But but I would for one night, I would like to see them switch spots. I would like for McAfee to go over to Dynamite for one night and have X over on SmackDown just to see how it would go, just to see how how things would happen on that. That would be pretty damn funny if that was the deal. Oh, good for Dynamite, I guess. Um, that pretty much covers SmackDown raw and raw was Alexa bliss showing up and just interrupting a match for no reason. Right. Basically is what happened. And, and who happened. was it that started? Who did she fuck with in the ring? Didn't she like Shayna? Was it Shayna? Yeah. That all of a sudden her knee yeah. started giving out and, Oh, this is we're, we're getting so into bad. TNA shit, man. It's we're like, getting into fucking, I don't know how shit. we can make this shit stupider. Bruce, tell me, God damn it. Oh, sad news. Sad news for Bruce Pritchard fans. Conrad was unable to um, record an episode with him, so they had to do another remix. This is what Conrad's doing now. It's a good, it's a good week for Conrad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back to that. Good week for Conrad. So he puts out the statement, uh, Bruce, Bruce is just, he's so busy licking Vince McMahon's ass, he's not going to have time to record with me because there are some so corners. Busy. Well, so, so why is he so busy right this at this point in time? It's not like it's even WrestleMania time or anything. Because there's there's corners of Vince McMahon's ass that Bruce has not licked yet, and he's got to get to it. <laughs> just there, just now figure that one out. Get in there, Bruce. Get in the tank. Yeah, that tank. Get in. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. So... Um, in addition, what he does on the the Jeff Jarrett show, which is you know better than we thought, it's not really it's really not not as bad as we thought. They had some interesting I like stuff Jeff about. Jarrett, yeah. I'm he, sorry, I do. The story about him him quote unquote holding up Vince McMahon for money. When you hear Jarrett tell the story, it makes complete sense. It really does. I, I, I totally believe you. I totally believe you. And and I I believe Jeff Jarrett's telling the truth about this. He says that when Vince McMahon. <laughs> God damn it, this is so great because it could only be Jeff Jarrett coming from a promotion <laughs> family, knowing the levers that he had. He goes, okay, I want the money, and I want it tonight, and I'm going to need it from the Gundarina account. So they had to go to the box office of the Gundarina, get the check. That money would have to be then subtracted from whatever the gate receipts were and whatever the WWE's cuts were. Vince delivers it to him in an envelope, and Vince apparently says something like, all right, go out there and kill him. You know? <laughs> Have a great match. Knock it down. <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett is so paranoid because he's got a check for, I think he's got a check for three or $400,000, mm. which is, you know, by far the greatest payday he's ever had in his life. He gives it. I would hope, he, but yeah. He, he doesn't stick that in a bag and put it in, you know, put it in the locker room because if he does that, then obviously Xbox is going to go in there and take a shit in it. He... <laughs> He puts it, he gives it to some guy that he trusts, goes, hang on to this. And he says when he came back through the ring and he got his ass whipped by China, he, you know, he said goodbye to Vince. He said goodbye to the boys. There was, in stupid, this is so funny, in Bob Holly's book, he's, because of the match, 
Jeff Jarrett was covered with like flour and shit. Bob Holly claims that Jeff Jarrett went out of the building covered in flour and sweat and that went out to the car in his gear. And that's how he got on the fucking plane to go home to, to Memphis or whatever. It was like, and, and Jeff Jarrett goes, yep, American Airlines flight 68, seat 3C. There it was, just a big old flower stain right there. It never happened like that. He went, he took a shower, he changed his clothes, he went out of the building, he said goodbye to everybody, he thanked everybody, he got in the car, and he went home. I was going to say, who the fuck does that? It's like, Bob Holly can't even lie very well. He can't even fucking get his shit straight when he's lying his ass off. So, he needs to um, like being Speed Racer Holly, whatever the hell he was. Oh, yeah, Speedy Sparky Plug. Sparky Plug. Thurman Sparky man. Plug. That was, that was who he was. That was one of the great vents. All right. We're giving you an occupation. You're going to be a race car driver. Get out there and drive. Give him some checkered shit. Checkered shit. To run. You wear some checkered shit. Thurman Sparky. Well, the other gimmick for Bob Holly could have been a welder. He could have been some kind of welder because that's what he did in real life. So he could have, he could have done that. I guess theoretically. Yeah. So in Conrad Land, like something the welder, I'd have you know I'd have I'd have been more believable. It's Stevie like, Will welder. The welder. Your name is Stevie Welder. Thank God damn it, your finishing move is the galvanizer. Hey, gotta galvanize it. Hey, galvanize. Oh my, galvanize. Oh my. It's gonna do that shit. <laughs> Looks like he's gonna galvanize him. Okay, I got him. Oh my. <laughs> One, two, oh no, kicked out. Um, so in Codrad Land, he had uh, mm. a podcast of his father-in-law. He had sixty minutes with his father-in-law. This is what all night long. And it was pretty good because they go on tangents and they talk about shit and they talk. He talks about going up to see Mongo. Flair does. Okay, cool, cool. And it's good. This is what this is what Conrad's doing. That's pissing me off a little bit. And if I was. Spending money on ad-free shows. I'd be pissed off about this. Twice this has happened in the past week. It happened on last week's Pritchard show, and it happens this week with the Flair thing. Those guys get to talking about something that they shouldn't be talking about. And so they put the fast-forward tape effect onto the podcast, and they go past that part. So you can't hear whatever the story was that they weren't told. So so they tease you with it. Exactly. I got you. And then they – so if I'm on ad-free shows, I'm like – Okay, let the free people not hear that shit. But those of us that are paying for this shit, we should get to hear the story. And yeah. even you can yeah. even hear him on the Flair one. Flair goes, ah, maybe you should cut that out or something like that. <laughs> I can't. <even> remember what <laughs> that. But they do the like the fast forward little tape yeah. thing, and you're like, ah, oh, man. If I was if I was subscribing to this shit and paying money for it, I'd be like, fuck you. Let me hear that. What are you talking about? Stop yeah, either it. let me hear that shit or you edit that whole shit out. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't don't tease my ass if I'm paying your ass. It pisses me off. It's like that story that we heard about Hulk Hogan passing out in Vince McMahon's bases, and then and then Bruce got mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I like that story is because it's like there's no way it happened. There's just no possible way that, that happened. Don't say that, dude. Don't <laughs> say that. Right, I can't. Two hundred years from now, people are gonna go. <laughs> There's no way Donald Trump was our that president yeah, of the United true. States. That's There's right. no fucking way. Next thing I know, oh, uh, Jerry McDivitt. I'd like to talk to you about some. Oh <laughs> shit, oh, fuck. You know they got McDivitt on this season of Dark Side of the Ring for the uh, steroid trial. They actually had a sit down with fucking oh, McDivitt. Okay. You wow. talk about Satan himself. 
Holy <laughs> shit. I think I think he's like the turbo booster for Vince McMahon's little bitty satanic heart. Jerry McDevitt. Well, he's a fucking attorney for them. What oh, what I, would you expect? What else would you expect? All attorneys are evil. There's a reason you hate attorneys. If you needed any reason to hate attorneys, that defense guy in the fucking George Floyd, I call it the George Floyd trial. It was he wasn't on trial. Derek Chauvin trial. The guy who was the defense attorney, I think his name was Eric Nelson. What a piece of garbage that guy was. Why did George Floyd die? Uh, it could have been the drugs. Uh, it could have been carbon monoxide poisoning. It could have been the people not allowing the paramedics to. Fuck you, asshole. I'm glad See, that you lost. Clown, he, he's the kind of guy that makes you fucking hate lawyers. Yeah. He's, he's the perfect example, man. I bet, he went, I bet he went to Duke University Law School. He just seems like the kind of guy that would go to Duke University Law School. Yeah, somebody that looks like that, and you go, "Damn, he really went to Duke." But yeah, I guess look at him. Yeah, but nobody, nobody really bad has ever gone to Duke University Law School. I mean, nobody has ever gone on to be president or anything, or like have to resign the office or anything of that nature. Nothing like that would ever happen. No, it would just be impossible to find something. That's that's a myth. This is more of my irrational hatred of Duke that I can't justify in any way. I mean, that's just the way you would think that somebody I'm going to go just I'm going to pull a name out of my ass. Somebody like, I don't know, Senator Rand Paul would have some sort of association with Duke. And that's just not the case. It's just not the deal. And you would think that like the chief speechwriter for the worst president we ever had, maybe he had some association with Duke University and maybe he traveled 3000 miles across the country to go to fucking Duke because he found little racist assholes like himself in one place where he can thrive. But, you know, again, these are irrational, crazy thoughts that just spring through my head for some reason. Fucking psycho. It's just insanity. Uh, All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite program. There's the headline from the Wrestling Observer. AE Dynamite ratings down significantly from blood and guts. So for those of you that are on this kick that David Meltzer is in the AEW tank, oh, my God, he accidentally published a true headline on his website. That was negative toward All Elite Wrestling. Let's go to the story. Wednesday night's AW Dynamite averaged 936,000 viewers on TNT. It's down 14% from the previous week's Blood and Guts episode. Aside from the episode that went against Joe Biden's presidential address, that is the lowest viewership under number Dynamite has done since NXT moved to Wednesday nights. In that 18 to 49 demo, the important one, they drew a 3.31 rating, which was down 26% from last week. Lowest number Dynamite has drawn since April the 7th. Lowest number the show has ever done on a night when it was not against NXT. 18 to 34, it's a .19 rating. That is the same as last week, although the raw number of viewers in 18 to 34 was up 2.3%, according to David Meltzer in this week's Wrestling Observer. Uh, it was bound to go down because of the promotion that was coming from, I mean, blood and guts was heavily promoted and was like huge, big deal. So it seems like, yeah, they had nowhere to go, but down. And remember the buildup to blood and guts was, you know, they were popping that hot shot thing with Mike Tyson as well. So they're going to suffer through some of that stuff, right? A little bit because of down ratings, because they come off of these hot shot things that they're doing. Right. Well, I was going to say that of course, but man, 26%, that's a, that's a that's a steep downward go there, man. And it wasn't a bad show. I thought there were some really good, really good elements of stuff that happened on on Wednesday night. I wouldn't. You to me, London got yeah, this past okay. This past one, this past week, this past okay. Um, yeah, it was okay. Christopher Daniels bled, bled like a stuffed pig. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! There was a couple of missed spots in that match, but I thought overall that match with the Young Bucks that opened things up was pretty hot. I thought they did a good job with that. 
What'd you, how'd you think, um, oh, uh, was it Matt or Nick? I get them, I'm like you, I get them mixed up. Right. What they did, they like the ode to Shawn Michaels and I love, yeah. Flair. I'm sorry, I love you. Because I, thought he was, <laughs> I thought he was crying because he got the blood on his Jordans. I thought that was what that angle was all about because he, he was bleeding on oh. his Jordans. And that's what, because I was, I was watching it with somebody. I was watching it with somebody at work and they go, they're wrestling in Jordans now? And I went, well, you know, if you're a bad guy, if you're an asshole heel, that's what you're going to wear to the ring. It's like some $350 shoes. And then all of a sudden they get bled on, which is even better. Uh, <laughs> and you get pissed. I, mean, I, get, I, I don't – I'm not going to sit on here and – I'm not going to get here and, and shit on AEW. I thought it was a fine show, and I can't really understand why they're not getting, you know, a particular rating. I would just continue along that same – line and i i don't have a problem with the blood i don't have a problem with the language uh i i find some of it to be a little bit gratuitous but i know what they're trying to do is differentiate themselves from the other product if you're flipping through the channels and you come across christopher daniels bleeding you're not thinking you're watching world wrestling entertainment if you hear right. tony if you're tony skiavon say is this piece of shit gonna throw him off the top of the cage you you're pretty you know for sure you ain't watching raw you're not watching a, a wwe product so i don't to, to the extent that they're doing that, you know, and, and it's a PG-13 world, I, I don't have a big problem with that, per se. Mm-hmm. But don't you think that's a steep drop, though? It is, but I think it's an overall problem. I mean, the overall problem is there's too many people in that show, so you can't get anybody over. I thought Cody's promo was really good, but it gets lost in the shuffle of trying to have 75 different factions, you know, the Kenny Omega whatever the old OG bullet club, whatever we're calling those guys, plus the dark order, plus the pinnacle, plus the inner circle, plus the gun club, plus the FFA. I don't, I don't know how many different factions, <laughs> the DECA club. I don't know. If you, I don't know what we got. <laughs> they got hey, Hangman of, page ought to be the head of the FFA. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. If Hangman would do that. And then there's just too much, you know, and, even the thoughts of creating another program to compete against that program is kind of fraught with all sorts of problems in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I think you're getting, I think you're getting an idea of what an absolute joke this con family is with the signing of Tim Tebow to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. <laughs> Don't you think that these fuckers are just, they're just out there to, to be dicks. Isn't Don't that you think urban Meyer went to Tony Khan and talked him into it though? Well, but you have to, I mean, but you're going to sign the checks. So you're like, it's great. It'll make, it'll get us buzz in the media and then they'll hate us. And then it plays in with this right wing bullshit that Tony Khan apparently likes to fuck with. I mean, all of these guys that are involved in the managerial part of all elite wrestling, they're hardcore semi Trumpers. And in Jericho's case, not even semi, yeah. you know, he, he fucks with that Trump shit hard. The young bucks fuck with that shit hard. I don't know where, where Cody falls on that spectrum, but a lot of those guys seem to be pretty right wing. Listening to Cody's speech the other night, it was hard to tell, you know, but it kind of leaned a little to the left more than it did to the right by the end of it. It's hard to say. I I would say that he's more that way, but I I don't know. And I think this is I don't know. The the culture right now, at least among a lot of the Republicans, is we just do shit to own the libs. We don't care if it makes us look stupid as fuck or fucks up the country or whatever. We just want to own the libs. And that, to me, is, is the signing of Tim Tebow. Owning the libs by paying this guy half a million dollars for nothing or whatever. Cause it's you're gonna like, like I'm in my room at night just shaking my fist. Oh, I really didn't want Tim Tebow. To, I don't care. 
I don't give a shit. Now I do. I, I want the Jacksonville Jaguars to fail on a lot of different uh, levels, but not just because just because these guys they're, they're out there just trolling people. Yeah. And to me, there's a lot of that shit that's involved in his promotion and his wrestling promotion. And that's, I mean, and that's too bad too because I like Trevor. I, I still like I'm, Trevor. I'm still I'm a fan of Trevor. I was kind of hoping, but you know, Ur- Urban is so deeply into his own shit. <sighs> You know, I think he Urban is so into his own thing. I, I feel oh, yeah. like he. I'm I'm hoping that this is going to be very much like what Nick Saban faced when he was coaching the Dolphins. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> the the great uh, takeaway from from Nick Saban's time with the Miami Dolphins, which nobody talks about anymore, because Nick Saban is just the greatest coach of all time, and he's never done anything wrong, and he he owns everything. Yeah, that's probably uh, the Mandela effect. That Nick, Nick Saban thing. He never, he never coached at Miami. Never happened. Never the, happened. The great takeaway from that is him wearing that when they were going with those stupid alternate purple things. He's in there wearing his purple windbreaker, telling him, "No, I'm not going to be the next coach at Alabama. <laughs> I will not be the next coach at Alabama." That's <laughs> purple. There's windbreaker. And there's clips of that. That is, that's very much the Mandela effect. You're absolutely right about that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. AEW does a lot of hot shot stuff, so you're not going to be able to get a true reading of what's going on. And I even thought the face off with the pinnacle and the inner circle with Jericho and MJF, you know, I, I don't know if that really paid off as nicely as it could have, but I still find the show to be the best wrestling show on television right now. SmackDown's pretty good. I think SmackDown has closed the gap. I think. My problem now with NXT is, you know, we got. I'm wearing my Eli Drake shirt tonight. Nice, nice. I'm not that worried about cool him. Shirt, man. I'm not worried about him getting over. I'm not worried about LA Knight getting over. I just don't think NXT can get over. NXT just is is just dead in the water. You know, two years ago, that was absolutely the show to watch. It was the coolest thing, and their takeovers were like you had. They were must watch things, and now there's nothing on there that's very compelling at all i think you know cameron the thing they're doing with cameron is really interesting but there's a lot of stagnation there's a lot of stagnation down there and there's not a lot of getting over with nxt right now well i i'm not going to sit here and say i told you so but i didn't have (laughs) no because i didn't say it so i'm not going to i can't say it but in my mind when excuse me back when they started having all these crops of of nxt guys and girls going up to SmackDown and, and to um, and to Raw in clumps like that every, what, six months or so. It's like I'm thinking to myself, wow, they must have, you know, a, a good garden in the back growing some of these guys out because I'm, I want to see where all these other people are going to come from when because, you know, after a while, it's like, God dang, okay, well, there's five or six gone and next thing you know five six seven more gone and and now you were left with who we are and, and even some of them that we've talked about several times like gargano and 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 champa and 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 fucking cole how long have they been down there kyle yeah. o'reilly for that matter too i mean you know be, they're just keeping like, them there keep a roster going basically it's like uh it's like crash there in uh, Bull Durham. He just staying down at the the single A level forever, right? He's down in the minor leagues forever at some point. Yeah, and again, we get back to the point of is it is it the minor leagues or is it not the minor leagues? Have we come to a conclusion on that part yet? Well, they um, did. You know when they welcomed when they welcomed him down, well, who was it they welcomed when they when Finn they had, Balor? 
Yeah, then he goes. That was, he goes. Uh, it was, was it was it, it was Tomasa Champa that goes. Hey, welcome to the main roster or some shit like that. And at that time, you can be like, okay, he's you know, he might be right. But well, the main roster at one ain't- point, yeah, yeah, like you said, man, you could have you could have made a great argument. You could, dude. I was I, I would have made a brilliant argument at one point that NXT had the best shit going out there back in you know four or five years ago. But let's let's just do a quick check. Who's the most over performer in WWE right now? In all of WWE, um, SmackDown and Raw. It's got to be Roman. Roman Reigns. That's an easy answer, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's an easy answer. It's, yeah, he's no, no, yeah. Now, who's number two? Who's the second most over performer on on in WWE? Um, I would say. Mm. See. Mm. That's the problem. I'm going to say yeah. Charlotte. Fla- I'm going to say Charlotte Flair, and she just came back. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Charlotte Flair is the second, the second most over performer in that company right now. Okay. I, who I who I is? Was say Drew, here's, a, here's a tougher question. Here's an even tougher question. I'm not even going to bail you out. Who's the star of Raw? Who is the star of the Raw TV program right now? Ooh. Golly, uh, I don't even know if I have an answer for that. I I don't know, man. I don't, I don't I mean, know. You want to say the word? You would, you, you would, you know, you know, normal normality would would make you say it would be the champion, right? Yeah, like you would think Bobby Lashley, but no, I, I wouldn't say so. Bobby Lashley. To me, um, MVP is more over than Lashley is. Oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, and I'm just saying, oh, yeah. when your manager's more over than you are, that's a problem. That's a bit of an issue. <laughs> that's an issue. I'm just saying. <laughs> Just think of Mr. Fuji was was more over than than holy, fucking holy shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could you could say maybe at time, but not really. That Cornette may have been more over than the Midnight Express, but probably not. Pro- probably wasn't. You know, probably not because they never talked. I mean, he, he you know, like, he was just you can, you can <laughs> he was like, their voice, literally. Exactly, exactly. But they were still. You wanted to see them get beat. You were paying money to see them get beat, but you also wanted to see him get his ass beat too. Yes. I mean, there were there were times in certain angles when he was more over than they were. Like like with the baby doll thing. Certainly, that would be a time when he was more over, and you wanted to see him get his ass beat more than them. Like right, you, right. You would never say that JJ Dillon was more over than the Four Horsemen. You would never say oh, that. Hell no. There's no hell possible no. way that would have ever been a thing at all. So, <laughs> um, Dark Side of the Ring, Nick Gage. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Uh, have you seen it? Yes, I have seen it. I would. And- I would like to hear your thoughts first. Uh, honestly, man, I, I I don't know much about the dude at all. I've only seen his name thrown out there a few times in in, in an article or, or something that I've read. I've I, I recognize the name. Honest to God, I couldn't have told you shit about him before I watched it last night. I, I I'm just not one of those fucking deathmatch dudes, man. I, I know people out there are, and and that's if that's their thing, then oh, that's you know, do your thing. But that's just not my thing, and I just don't keep up with that shit. You know. I'm with you. Um, I this was maybe one of my least favorite episodes of Dark Side. I agree, Saturday. man. Totally. I, and I thought they did a good job with it, and right. I felt the more interesting part of the episode was his battle with addiction and overcoming that. I thought that was all very interesting. Um, I don't know that we really, you know, we we sort of got into the whole 
relationship with his brother and stuff. That was interesting. Um, but overall, eh, I could have I done without this one. And I know that I'm not going to like every episode, and I know that not every episode is going to be worthwhile. But I, I would say of all the ones that I've seen so, for, so far, if I was telling somebody you know, who hasn't seen any of the episodes, I'd say, well, this is probably the one you can skip. That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. And I know that I, just, I, w- I was listening I to somebody know. today. They were saying, and it might have been Evan and Jason when they were on, with, they did a thing on Conrad talking about the episode that apparently Nick Gage met Mick Foley at one of the conventions. And he was like, oh, I love you. You're the reason I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. And Foley just goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry, and I think Mick I think Mick honestly does struggle with the fact that he and he didn't mean to, but some people's takeaway was I need to smash, you know, fluorescent lights over my head and and, and roll myself in thumbtacks and shit. You know, I just don't get that, man. I don't. I, I don't. I, I think I, back to when I started watching wrestling and in 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 the old Mid Atlantic shit, and I think about the. CWZ and shit. I just like, it's just not even, it's really not. The only thing the same is there's a ring there. Right. To me. Uh, and, and after that, it's just baseball and goddamn soccer. You know, it's just two different sports to me. It, it doesn't, it, the, the whole idea behind, and I, I understand what Terry Funk and Mick Foley were doing in Japan with some of that shit. I do. I, I get all of that, but there's no, like one of the greatest angles that we always talk about with Mid Atlantic was when Abdullah the Butcher was was killing uh, the the chief in the ring, and they they pixelated it, you know, because they yeah, couldn't show it. You could see much it. All you could see was two silhouettes, which made it like so much more violent. Because your imagination was just running, like, what are they not showing us? How can they not show us? And these people that were in the studio at WRAL, oh my god, they must have been They're freaking gasping out. and shit. So you know, I. There, there was a certain artistry, and there was a point to getting blood. You didn't just get blood all the time. You, if, if an angle needed it, it would bring out you know these very guttural emotions in people, and you would spend money, and you'd go to the arena, and you'd have to see the match because the guy's really bleeding, you know? Right, right. With right. these guys, there's no artistry to it at all. You know, when he's taking a pizza cutter to John, John Moxley's enthusiasm for this whole situation was extremely disturbing. Yeah, well... And it, it, this, and now you can you you get an explanation of why he was so into that Kenny Omega bleeding all over the place in Baltimore, and Chris Cruz's come back into the wrestling business for one night, and how Renee was freaking out and going, okay, I don't like this. This is no good. Stop, 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 stop. You sort of get some insight into John Moxley's personality that somehow this all, uh, you know, he sees the point of all this. Yeah, well, I mean, he cut his teeth on it. I mean, almost literally. Almost uh, literally. <laughs> so, yeah, I can I kind of see that. It's, it is kind of disappointing because I, I like Mox a lot, despite all the Nick Gage shit. But I, I just I don't I don't get it. I don't I see the point of it. I don't see the point of it. And and you know, here's let me tell you this about Abdul the Butcher. And I don't know. I, I think I've told you this, but. That point in my when I was watching wrestling, that that's he scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I, he was the first wrestler to literally scare the shit out of me. I, I was you, so scared of fucking Abdul the Butcher. That was the point. You know? That was a hundred. It was the point. the point. It it worked like a motherfucker. It, it, you know, to me, I mean, but it he was wasn't on point. And again, there's there's like there's been some. I mean, he was that kind of attraction where he would do that crazy shit. 
but like Bruce and I were watching either the first or the second Starcade, one of one of the Starcades where he makes an appearance. That motherfucker gets in the ring. He's bumping like crazy. You would have never thought. I was like, what is this? But it's a big show. So he's not just out there with a four guy with his tongue out and shit. He's getting thrown around and stuff because this is a big show. And if you're paying money, if you're watching this on closed circuit or if you're watching it at the arena, you're like, oh, my oh, God. Shit. Here's here's this 375 pound man sailing through the air like he's fucking Ricky Morton, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. So and he, when, I, when I finally met him and he and he offered, he didn't I didn't ask it. He offered to take the fork and act like he's stabbing me in the face with so it. Fantastic! Oh my god, I, I just about faded. I'm like, oh my oh, god, this is great. This is the greatest fucking thing. Wonderful. Ever. Oh my god. So we get that's back why to- I think it'll forever be my Twitter profile pic, man. I, I just it's always been my profile. It's pic wonderful. There. It's 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 an amazing memory, man. It's so, oh, it's so and cool. it's just it just but it says so much. It really does because I, it. How scared I was of that motherfucker when I was a kid <laughs> to to me being able to take a picture with him as an adult and just knowing, oh, my God, it's just I'm such a mark explaining this, but it's, it's fucking it's just the greatest, man. That's why I, I like that shit. But, you know, I wouldn't say that about I couldn't you know, I would never say that about Nick Gage, you know, sorry. No. I mean, I think he's insane, but I think he lives again. Yeah, he's but insane, but I'm glad that he's being insane. And I'm glad he's a wrestler. Of, I don't know. I think next week we get back to our regular uh, schedule there on Dark Side of the Ring. I think it's a Korean thing, right? Collision in Korea. I missed it. I missed what it was going to be next week. I is think that what, that's it, is, what the, it is? I believe that's what they're doing. Yeah, the North Korea shit. Okay. I believe it should be pretty amazing. Uh, that yeah, story. Shit, I'm sure I don't know about that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. If that's let me, it. let me make sure that I'm telling you the right thing here because I'm going to uh, something called Heal by Nature, and they've got the full list here. Okay. Uh, Chris Jericho <laughs> returning. Da, 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 da. Yeah, the full yeah. list of of what's coming up each week already. It looks okay. like they've already done it. Yeah, fourteen hour collision in Korea. Uh, we're one of the most bizarre theaters of polit- bizarre actions. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that's going to be next week. Collision okay. in Korea. So it'll be very interesting to see how that works out. Uh, and I think it's going to be because a lot of people don't know about it. Let's get to uh, WrestleMania Backlash, which is coming up yeah. this Sunday on the WWE Network on uh, Peacock. Um, let's start with I don't know. Gosh, we have a this is this is a loaded card. Um, Universal. Wait a minute. Let's start with this one. WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre against Braun Strowman. It's another three-way dance, Bryant, which we love so much. Oh, my God. Another big three-way dance between those guys. I don't know if they've built up any heat at all to go into that thing. It doesn't feel like they have. They've tried, I guess. I suppose. Um, much more heat over the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns taking on Cesaro because you got to wonder about the Uso interference in this one and how that storyline is going to go. So that that's going to be a very interesting match. The SmackDown Women's Championship, which they've, as we detailed, they they sold me a ticket. They want me to see Bailey get the shit kicked out of her. Is Bianca Belair your champion challenges taking on Bailey? The Raw Women's Championship, another fantastic uh, episode of booking here. As it's another three way dance with Rhea Ripley, your champion, taking on Oscar and Charlotte Flair. Uh, wouldn't you be surprised if Charlotte Flair doesn't win it back because they've tried to push her coming back from being absent for so long? Yeah. Yeah, that's been pretty obvious. I, it would be, 
I hope they don't. I hope she doesn't win, just because I don't think she needs the belt. But are you on board with the various cosmetic changes that Charlotte Flair has had uh, since Am we last I on saw board her? With it, <laughs> what you said. <laughs> I, I think it's totally hey, if Andrade is on board. I'm on board. I think it's, 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 I think it's a little sad, but I mean, if she wants to do it. It that's is a little fine. sad, but I, mean, you know. I, I tried to say that as positively as I could have. She's she's a, a lovely woman in her own right, and she shouldn't have to go through that stuff. But you know, I, I, she, I, I you know I looked at her a picture and compared the two not too long ago, about a couple of weeks ago. I think while I saw her on TV, like a commercial, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go look at a picture from a few years ago. Yeah, God, it's just why did Very you? Different. Yeah, why did she Very do different. that, dude? She had she had a classic volleyball player's body, very lithe, yes. very tall, and then uh, slender yeah. and yeah. just oh my gosh. Uh SmackDown Tag Team Championship. They built up this one pretty nicely. Dolph Ziggler, Rob Rude challenging against the Mysterio boys. Uh Dominic continues to be pretty good. He can he uh defended his dad from attacking against Robert Rude after that match tonight. Mm-hmm. Damian Priest, they're really trying to push this guy against the Miz in a lumberjack match, but they haven't created a lot of heat for that match, have they? Uh, well, they've again, they, they've tried, but I don't think they've been very successful. At least I've, I don't really care. I'm kind of tired of it. I wish they'd move on from it because we've been doing this shit since WrestleMania and before with yeah. Bad Bunny and all that stuff. Um, Apollo Cruz against Big E for the inter, for the Intercontinental Championship. Get tired United, of that one too. Yeah, Sheamus against Humberto Carrillo for the United States Championship. That's all but an afterthought, too. I mean, I, I what do you think about Carrillo, Carrillo, Carrillo? I always thought that there was something there, but I don't. You know, they haven't done much to help him out at all. I don't think so either. And I just, it's like I can't even picture him with a belt. It seems really Carrillo yeah. with a belt. He doesn't I mean, seem. I, there's a certain legitimacy there that doesn't really translate. Per se, I mean, I, think I don't know. Yeah, it's like if you had that. It's kind just of like a, he came out of nowhere, man, and it's like there's no build up to him at all. Well, I almost feel like that's a spot that Ricochet could take and do just as well, if not better. You know, you and know. Why, and what happened to Ricochet, the MVP of the company, two years ago, and now he's he's like on a milk carton. He was like all but the champion. It looked like he was going to be – he really was poised to be like the next AJ Styles. He really was. And then all of a sudden, something – he went off and dropped off a cliff, COVID hit, and then it was – I don't know. Do you think McMahon just didn't like the way he was on the mic? Because his mic work is just – It's not great, but, you know, it's like – I, I don't know. I thought I thought he could more than overcome that with his in ring work. Or- I thought, yeah, I do. Yeah, and plus I thought he was getting better. But I, I you know, he you can still tell that he still has some work to do. Vince fell out of love with him over something or for some reason. I don't I don't know if that story is ever going to be told. But, but by God, he was really getting pushed to the moon for about half a second. And then bam, it was gone. It is weird, man. Now that we, now I'm really starting to think about it. It's almost as weird as the whole Keith Lee thing. Do we even know what what the hell is even wrong with Keith Lee? Well, you know, couldn't couldn't do a moonsault because you know that's that's the that's what he needs to be doing. See, see, that's believable to me. But there was I find it odd that we don't know what's wrong. Well, there was there was a moment allegedly where there was a moment allegedly where they freaked out and they were like, "Oh, him and Otis, they just can't work," and I'm like. They do like three things. That's all that they do, and that's all they need to do. They don't well, need Hogan to. Did. That's exactly yeah, right. right. Like Steve Austin would tell you, he had about six offensive moves. That's all he had. 
Otis doesn't, you know, Otis doesn't need to be doing sliced bread number three or anything. Like, he doesn't need to be doing that shit. I don't understand like how Vince goes off on that tangent. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's that's some mysteries in there. I think I don't know. I have listened to Matt Memories, which is John Aretzi's book about his oh, time okay. in pro wrestling and country music. John Aretzi, of course, works with Brian Last on. Um, whatever the name of that show is. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I can't remember even, but it's, uh, it was, it's like, I listen to the show every week and now I can't remember what it's called. Oh, there it is. Pro wrestling spotlight then and now. Um, and was, so he, he had, he a, was he a promoter? Is that, he, was, he, he did promote yeah. as well. Yeah. He was one of the guys that helped bring Lucha Libre into the United States and stuff. And he details that in the book. He also was probably the guy that helped discover uh country singer, Patty Loveless. Really, Loveless, yeah, at a, at a bar in North Carolina, nonetheless, in Shelby. Wow, how about that? Working with you the know, Shelby. When I worked Mets. at uh, that famous country radio station in in Winston Salem, North Carolina, several years ago, Patty Loveless was the fucking deal, and I had she, a freaking crush on that chick. She had a tremendous run. She was a big, big star. Uh, you don't even know who I am, and I love the song "Here I Am." I think that's wonderful. But she had uh, just a, a really good, good run there for a minute, for sure. Yeah, she's got a great voice, man. Such an underrated singer, she really is. So the but I had no audio, idea he was involved with her at all. That's weird. John Retzi's random, uh, really. John's book is out only not only in print form but also in Kindle form and now in audio form. So I can recommend that. It's very interesting and it goes through a lot of different things. And he talks, you know, he's the reason he, they always call him Patient Zero because he's the guy that introduced Vince Russo into the business. Oh, so he goes into some great detail about that whole situation, how that happened, and very. Does very he uh, does he read the the is he the narrator of the book? Yeah, he does. Audio? He, yeah, yeah, he does. Okay. He reads the book. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff there. And he was at he was at Ground Zero for a lot of stuff. He had a a pro wrestling radio show back when nobody else did, and was doing some insider stuff when not a lot of people were doing it. And he he pissed off the World Wrestling Federation at that time for sure on a lot of different stories. So, no, he has uh, a lot coming with a. Uh, uh, uh. Somebody we know. <laughs> Early radio shows, doing writing, pissing off people. Yeah. All of those things. Any closing comments on another award-winning episode of Katie Vick is Alive Alive? I got to tell a quick story. This is, sure. This is an amazing story. Sure. The other day, I'm leaving to go somewhere, right? And, I, and I'm having a I, – I, I think the older I get, the more anxiety comes out of me. So I, I have a, I'm having a kind of a bad anxiety day already. Yeah. So I'm getting in the car with my mom to go to uh, the cable place to get my mom's cable set up for her new house. Always so a get, delight. Always a it, fun time. I'm looking so forward to that on top of everything. Yeah. yeah. So we get in the car and I had this, and actually I had to take some stuff back from my other house, you know, so I had to take some okay. equipment back. So I had this tub full of stuff. So I go to the other uh, one side of the car, I'm like, ah, I got to take it back and put it on the other side of the car. So what I did, I had my phone and my glasses case with my glasses in it set on top of the car, which I never do, by the way. Oh. I really, I, I never do this. And I really don't even remember my glasses being a part of this. But anyway, so I set it on top of the car, put the stuff in and forget about it. And get in the car and leave, and don't think about it till I get to the the, the spectrum place, which is. Mm, it, I'll, I'll tell you because you know, but I went down Silas Creek Parkway, okay, a long, four lane, ride. yeah, high, uh, um, Parkway or whatever. Uh, so it wasn't just back roads. So I went about five miles from the house, okay, maybe fifty fifty five miles an hour tops. 
get out of the car when we get there and go around and look. And there's just my phone on top of the fucking car. Holy shit. My phone. And I'm like, I had to take a double take. I'm like, because I, at that time, I did not even remember sitting the phone on top of the car. Right. Right. So I'm looking, I'm like, oh my God. And I still don't remember my glasses. So I'm like freaking out over this, like basically the rest of the day, because there's a brand new freaking phone. Right. I got just back in March. Right. Right. So I get back to the house. My mom leaves, right? My mom leaves and you know, I, was, I was running errands with her, like I said. And I'm like, oh, I think I left my glasses in her car. And I had her look. She goes, Brian, it's, they're, they're not in the car. I don't see them. Oh, I, you know, I've no. looked and looked. And I'm like, and I jokingly said, I bet I left my glasses on top of my phone on top of the car. And I said, well, I'm getting ready to walk Stanley. I'll go find out. So I go walking around. And as soon as I round the corner just above my house, I look in the road and lo and behold, there are my glasses intact nice and crunched. Oh. They're in, they're they're intact. They're not in pieces, but the the arm is like really bent, and the yeah. and the glasses excel. the The lenses are like really scratched and scuffed up pretty badly. So what a pain in the ass. Basically, I had to go to Lens Crafters a couple of days ago, so uh, <laughs> what a- to start over again. But th- those were my backup glasses. So uh, okay, that was just amazing. I just had to say that, tell that whole story. I'm sorry to, to drag. No, no, I'm glad. You, I'm glad. That the whole thing about it. the phone staying on the fucking car for that That's long. Amazing. That will always just be in my brain, man. When I first started working nights, like after the first three or four nights, I was going home after the last day. Going to take a few days off. And I'm in the car, and I'm like, where's my phone? And I'm hearing music from the phone through the Bluetooth. I'm like, oh, shit, I left it on the roof. So I'm like, fuck. I pull over in a parking lot about a mile from work, and the thing just kind of, as I put the brakes on, the phone just slides down the windshield. Oh, my God. On the morning dew. And it, it was it was fine. It was unhurt. It was good. Unreal. How does that happen? I, I guess don't know. maybe the weight of the phone holds it down or something. Or something. And, something but, oh my know. God, man. It it freaked me out. And I'm I, I just I'm like, somebody's looking out for me today. Yeah. You caught a you caught a break on that one. Big uh, time. That's funny. Uh, Brian can be followed on social media on Instagram and also on Twitter. He's at Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports, on TikTok, Stanley Jackson 23. There it is. There's your phone, and he's hugging it. That's great. Uh, the show is on Twitter at Katie Vick Alive. I am on Twitter at Britt Whitmire. That's B-R-I-T-T-W-H-I-T-M-I-R-E. And on Instagram, it's B-Dub for Reels, B-D-U-B number four, R-E-E-L-Z. If you want to support what we do, you can shop at our Amazon store. That is KatieVick.com katievick.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week, and until then, so long for now.